Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group in Northern California. My colleague and friend is Bruce Aldrich, and I think this week we might be on number seven or number eight of our uh, COVID-19 outdoor podcast. We're in Bruce's backyard in Sacramento, and we have our special consultant, Indy the Wonder Dog, is near us, and Bruce and I are about, I don't know, eight feet apart, something like that. We have a uh, weed blower going in the background. Weed blower. We have a construction site on our road, so so we may hear a few noises. We're making the best of it, but our guest today um, is an executive director, is the executive director of the AACA Auto Museum in Hershey, Pennsylvania. It's a well-known museum, and we thought um, today we would talk about auto museums. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal yesterday about um, visiting uh, auto museums uh, virtually uh, during the crisis. And today our guest is Jeffrey Bleemeister, and he is the executive director. And uh, they've got a lot going on in, in Hershey, Pennsylvania. It's obviously a f- famous city. So Jeff or Jeffrey, whichever you prefer, welcome to our podcast today. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that you're in Hershey. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here, gentlemen. Good. Thank you. Could you give us a little overview for people who aren't familiar with the museum and how long it's been around? And, and without the COVID-19 uh, situation, what, what are your responsibilities as executive director of an auto museum? Sure, sure. The uh, museum opened to the public in 2003 in Hershey. We draw about 70,000 people a year as a, as a tourist attraction. The, the park is right down the road in Hershey Chocolate World and all those good things. I started actually began my career at the museum as the first curator, so I helped open the place. And, and before 2003, I started really late in 2002, and uh, got us up and running with the, with our board, open to the public. Left for a couple of years to work for the, uh, the state museum system of Pennsylvania. Came back three years ago, and uh, they brought me back as executive director. So I'm responsible for pretty much budget, working with staffing, a little bit of everything, managing our 70,000 square foot building it has about a, eight or nine people time staff, and a lot of volunteer help as well. Well, that's, that's quite a background. Um, are you you a car collector yourself? Interestingly, I, I come from a. Everyone in my family works in, in cars in some way. They all work in dealerships. My father was an over the road truck driver. He was a he was a high school high school music teacher who quit teaching in the seventies, became a truck driver, made more money. Fantastic. Both my brothers work in yeah. My both my brothers work at car dealerships. My sister was a clerk at a car car dealership for a while. I'm the only one that finished college, and I always loved cars. And I've had an old Mustang since I was. 20 years old. Now I, have, now I have two old Mustangs. So yeah, I'm a car person as well as a museum person. It's a good combination. Do you get uh, on occasion to drive some of the old cars at the museum? Yeah, every, every once in a while. We, hit, we The museum has a collection of about 150 vehicles right now. Every one of them was a donation. We uh, get cars from people from all over the country. We've had them come from California. In fact, we have a uh, California Highway Patrol from 1945 as one of our prized pieces in the collection. I do get Usually not, maybe on a, on a tour or something, but on and off a trail or on the show field in a concourse is, is more likely the, the route I'm going to take. I see. You do know how to drive a stick then. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. St- I, I, I grew up in the era where they were just really transitioning out. You know, I went to college in the 80s, and my wife actually is the one who taught me how to drive a stick shift. She was given an early graduate. We lost you there a little bit, Jeff. I don't know what's going on, but we'll make the AMT best of it. Spirit. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah we, cutting we got, out. Okay. We got a little. I don't know what the heck. We've uh, got we've got a visitor from outer space somewhere. I don't know what it is, but um, I, I'm sure you just got a bunch of husband points for telling telling the world that um, 
our small world <laughs> that your your wife taught you how to drive a stick shift. Good for you. You may have to you may get away from like washing dishes for a couple of days or something or making the bed. So whatever it takes, okay. man. Good. Yeah, you take it. So good. Um, well, well, transitioning into to, to uh, our current world, you can hear our our prized dog in the background here. Uh, Excellent. What what's happening with you folks? Um, and uh, uh, maybe you've been in contact with other auto museums. How do you guys uh, approach this um, as a business that you know you're banking on people coming to your business, and and now you're having to do something different? We did watch the the wonderful display of the uh, old gas stations. So, are are people coming to the website? Are you having some interest um, in in our current situation? As a nonprofit small business, we rely on visitors. We rely on our programs. We haven't been able to been able to hold any of those. So. It's it's a new world for us, and to be honest, we're not sure where where we're going to end up when all this is done. Yes, um, have you had a chance to? Uh, we lost you a little bit, Jeff, and I apologize yeah. again. We don't know who's who's in or what's going on in the world. Everything's new. Uh, how have you had some traffic on the website, and if people have been in contact with you, and have you spoken to other uh, museum uh, executive directors around the country? I'm sure there must be some organization that you're a part of, and and what's going on yeah. um, in the big picture of that. Yeah, the answer is basically yes to all of your questions. I'm, a, I'm, I'm serving on the board with pride of the National Association of Automobile Museums. It has everything from mom-and-pop small for-profit museums to big ones like us and Henry Ford and, and uh, the Peterson Museum in Los Angeles and, and really runs the gamut. And we're all in the same boat together in this. We just don't know what's coming next, and we're all basically closed down or under limited operational capacity. So fortunately, there's a little, been a little bit of government support out there in terms of um, low interest rate loans and loans that convert to, to donations or to grants at some point. So we're optimistic we're going to get through this, but just like every other small business, it's uncharted waters. So, Yes. Jeff, could you go through what a virtual tour entails? Is this, do you hire like a production company to come in or does the, do you yeah, as yeah, curators what, what, or what? What we did was we got really lucky because we had a little bit of advance warning that our governor was going to issue a, a stay at home, shelter at home order and essentially close us down. So we had a weekend to create, we created 26 videos in one day. Fantastic. I came in on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I came in on a Saturday and one of our board members who's very skilled with a, an iPhone and can operate a lot of editing software, basically just filmed me going around the museum. We spent about six hours here and then she's been, I transcribed them, she's been editing them and we have a graphic design person that's helping us put together these email blasts to send them out. So we put a personal message in there asking people to engage with us, see the videos, we also did a, a special COVID-19 release of our newsletter that typically would have had a really nice picture on the front page of the uh, Woodstock bus, the, the light bus. That's one of our feature exhibits right now, feature cars in our Asian Aquarius exhibit. Took that off, put it in the back page, and put an open letter from our board of directors to our museum family members telling us then what's going on, asking for some support. People have been very generous to us. We're trying to find new ways to be creative and engage with people since we can't host any events and we don't have any people here. Yes. I assume Age of Aquarius sets a lot of VW bugs and vans. Age of Aquarius was a great exhibit. It was in its final stages. We were about to have a program here called uh, Build Your Own Magic Bus or Draw Your Own Magic Bus with the artist uh, Dr. Bob Hieronymus from Maryland, who actually painted the first one back in, I think, 69. He painted it under commission. He tried to find the bus, couldn't find it, assumed it was scrapped, bought another one, repainted it again, exactly the same as the first one. So, yeah, we had the bus. We had a lot of muscle cars. 
lot of flower power vehicles, a lot of mod top cars with special interiors and, and vinyl tops. Just, it was just a great fun exhibit. Did you have a uh, local cannabis uh, company involved as well? <laughs> no, no, we, we didn't go that far. <laughs> okay. I couldn't resist. <laughs> uh, Jeff, I couldn't resist on that one. Ken Kesey. Ken Kesey. Yeah, yeah, Grateful Dead. You got a special appearance there by Bob Weir right, and yeah. all that stuff. Um, in, in your part of the world, I, I'm curious to know, uh, in California, uh, Southern California, there's certain cars that are iconic. Uh, of course, Northern California, the, the, the hippie movement and Volkswagens sure. and so forth. Is, are there a, is there a brand or two that uh, people in Pennsylvania are known to have driven in the 50s and 60s or something, an East Coast car, if you will? Or no, that's car? a good question. I don't know that I have the answer to it. Okay. We we have a huge car culture here, just like the West Coast, though, and, and with the Hershey Car Show here every October and everything else, there's there's a lot of interest in everything. There's a lot of hot rides around here too, believe it or not. There you go. Hot Are there rides. more Canadian car Canadian built cars up there? Uh, I think we find them periodically, uh, Fords and, and Chevys and so forth, and and, and things along. Nothing distinctive that really stands out. Okay. I was just talking to a guy yesterday, um, another guest we're going to have on uh, next week, as a matter of fact, and he um, lives in Vermont, and he said that sometimes he's a sculptor, and sometimes he'll get in his car and he'll drive into very small areas of Vermont, and you know, cars will just be abandoned on the side of the road, or you look over into some bushes and there's a you know, there's a tree growing in the middle of an old abandoned car. Um, in, in small areas of, of Pennsylvania, can you can you drive in the countryside and see old abandoned cars that, you know, photographers take pictures of? Or is that something that, in my mind, I want to believe that there is, but maybe there's just not too many of them left anymore? Or have you had that experience? No, there, there still are. There, You won't find as many near Hershey or Harrisburg or anything like that where yes. we're governed by ordinance and so forth. But there are a lot of counties and townships in the state that are still under, not under those kind of restrictions. And I worked in, in a, in a place for a while called, called Potter County. They call it God's country because it's so unspoiled that worked at a place called the Pennsylvania lumber museum. And I would ride my bike out there for exercise. And I would find cars in, in the roads and hillsides everywhere. That's great stuff. So, so you're correct. It's, it's still, it's just, a, it's a, it depends. It's a matter of geography, but it's still here. Absolutely. One of the things that uh, brought me back to my childhood was what we looked at before we called you was the, display that one of your uh, volunteers uh, did on old gas stations and I when when the I don't if that if that's you in the video I'm not quite sure who that was if but when the put when you put your foot on the on the cord oh. <laughs> the cord and it hits a button and that that was to tell the person to come out that just brought me back to you know uh, maybe seven or eight nine years old when you went with your parents uh, to get gas on a weekend um, tell us a, a little bit about that display and what was the genesis of that yeah the, you're right that was me standing on the court and doing the interview handsome fellow and, uh, handsome fellow <laughs> <laughs> well done Thanks. yeah well done yeah <laughs> i'm the star on for, for better or worse i'm the star of all the videos so yeah <laughs> at this point we um you know i remember as a kid stomping on those uh, little dinger uh hoses to, to make the bell ring yeah i don't think oh the, yeah yeah absolutely the station the people probably like that yeah, yeah. I had the I had the in college that was a summer job I had one year working in a in a service station before I got converted to a convenience store and the, the bell was still in place and this was in the mid nineteen eighties and got a lot more customers when it rained I'll tell you that much I remember that for a fact sure they wanted to come out and pump the gas and check the oil and the rain rain for them but our <laughs> museum is basically a, a journey by decades you start in nineteen hundred in New York City 
and you'll see from the videos, you end up in the Golden Gate Bridge, California, of course, in the 1970s. Those are our themed exhibits by decade where we have automobiles. And the service station was the brainchild of one of our volunteers who was in that business for decades and had amassed a huge collection of signs and automobilia, petroleana. He donated all that to the museum, and it helped us build that, the little outcropping that you see in the video of the service station itself in all the cases. That is kind of the new theme these days, is to have all the memorabilia around the cars, right? It's not just the car anymore. you got to have the gas station behind it or the... the yeah, we try the, and make every one of our scenes a little bit interactive and put things in there that'll make it distinctive and, and really take people back into the, the era. One of my favorites was 1930s Miami Art Deco. I used to tell people, I would stare at the beautiful streamlined cars and it's a white sand, and I would swear I could take my shoes off and walk right into that set and be at peace. That's that's great. That's really cool. Yeah. Go, but speaking of the gas stations, it's a little bit off color here, but um, there is a Netflix documentary now called Hollywood, and the premise is um, the star of the show. I can't say too much. I suppose I can say anything on a podcast, but that this man owns a uh, old style gas station that's played by Dylan McDermott, and basically he's running a house of prostitution out of a gas station in Hollywood in the fifties. So. Um, it's it's pretty out there uh, for for a documentary. Some it's pretty polarizing. I don't particularly like it, nor does my wife. But other friends just can't wait to see the next episode. So it does tie into old style gas stations. In case you're interested, <laughs> and if and if you have Netflix, yeah, I'll have to check that out. It's very campy. It's it's all tongue in cheek, but it is, does not involve prostitution. <laughs> but um, any, any, anyway, going back to uh, after that diversion. What, what do you guys have? We all know that everything's um, unknown at this point in all different walks of our lives. And what, what might you have in the future to tell us about for, for your museum? Well, we have, we have a lot of neat things here. And we're just trying to, we want to figure out what's going to happen when all this is said and done and how we can realign. We have some really neat programs. For example, we have a, a Model T driving experience where if you can learn, you can, one of our volunteers and, and we'll take, or how, how a group of volunteers will give you a class and then, take you in a small group on a, you actually get to, to drive a Model T, which if you've never driven before, it's totally different. Even we talked about driving a stick shift earlier, totally different pedal configuration. And by the time you leave the museum after about four hours with us, get a little certificate membership in the, the Model T Association. And, 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 you know, you're pretty, you're pretty confident in driving one of these cars. That's something we've been doing for a couple of years. It sells out it's very popular. And we're wondering how will something like that stand up with new uh, conditions of social distancing if we have to follow that? Because you have to have an instructor three inches away from you sitting in a seat in a Model T. Yes. Never driven one. That no, sounds... I might come down just for that one. We can. That sounds we, great. We have you. We'll, <laughs> I'll come... I'll, I'll be your teacher for that one. i come help you out. That's, That'd be fantastic. You know, another thing, museum makes its money. A lot of its money on, on special events. We have a, a great facility. We rent it out for weddings. We have an 800-person um, brewery beer festival here. And in November every year, it's all indoors. Now so we're really coming down. Largest, Beers and oh, cars. Yeah, and, great. It's mm-hmm. our, their largest fundraiser, and we're wondering how that's going to hold up come November if we'll be allowed to have it. So a lot of, lot of ifs, ands, or buts we don't have answers to yet. In other museums, when you've talked to that, you said you're um, on the board of directors of other museums, Have um, I've looked at a few, uh, and as I mentioned, the Wall Street Journal article yesterday um, has talks about exactly what we're talking about now and visiting uh, virtually onto websites uh, that um, obviously are the websites from from auto museums. Uh, what other what else have you heard about people? Uh, is there any eye racing in old cars that you can do on a in, in an auto museum? Have you thought about that? 
<laughs> I'm sure there is somewhere. Unfortunately, we're not set up for it just yet. I'd love to be able to do that. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of these museums are going to depend on how much endowment they have and how well financially suited they are, you know, for, to go forward. That's, that's going to be a, a key thing and how long they can last this out. You know, there's, there's only so much you can do online and still make any money. You know, I see a lot of different virtual car shows and other things, but after a while, even that's going to, going to wear thin. Yes. It's, go ahead. Jeff, do you think there's pent, uh, pent up uh, um, demand for auto museums? Like when, if you were to open up next month, do you think you'd get more customers than normal? Any idea? On I, I'm that? sorry, I missed your question. What was it? Do is I there, think there's going to be a demand for the auto museums when they all reopen? Yeah, is there a pent up well, demand? Do you think you get you got to get more customers than normal, or about the same? Yeah, yeah nobody seems to know. They're, we're having a conflicted feeling. Some people think people are going to be afraid to travel and come out. I personally think people are are, gonna, are so pent up they're going to want to get out and travel and do things. And we might see a surge in the beginning and might have to actually have lines and, and be careful how we handle it going forward. But it would be a nice thing to have, you know, I, even our volunteers. I get calls every day from our volunteers asking me, when can I come back to work? They miss the place. Well, you know, I want, I want to be back. Sure, I, I would too, yes. And since you mentioned uh, the Hershey World, um, I'm assuming that they're shut down uh, now, um, their, their tours. Correct. And as well as, I don't know, if, right. are they still making chocolate or, or not? Yeah, they're, no, they're, I think they're still making chocolate. They're still, the supply chain is still in effect for everything. But for us, the big thing is... Uh, Hershey Park, because that draws so much attendance, and that's typically open May through September. And if that doesn't open this year, that'll have a draw on us, too, and what we can do. Yes. And and like everybody you know, asks, if you live in Hershey, does the city still smell like chocolate to you or not? It does at certain points, and if the wind's blowing just right, it definitely always smells like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups going by the plant, because they still do all the production there. God, what a, what a, what a wonderful world. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, pref- I prefer gasoline, oil, and... <laughs> Brake pads. <laughs> well, you come see us, and we got plenty okay. of uh, gas oil for you. Uh, yes. you mentioned we, we have a great behind-the-scenes tour also for people. We have a, another product we offer. We, we have a storage building, and it's still, we have about 80 cars in it. And people can do a secondary tour and go through that. And that's another thing we haven't opened up yet, of course, because of all the changes. But we that's a secondary tour. We have two museums here for one that we offer people. That's that's great. With your in, in a personal level, when you have the, the Mustangs, um, are, there, are there some special routes that you like to drive um, somewhere in Pennsylvania when you want to get away and just have some, some Jeff time, so to speak? Do you like a certain route? Um, I like everything. Anytime I'm in the car, I feel better. To there you go. You. I, have a, I, have a 60, I have a 68. I just recently acquired a, an early 65 convertible that <sighs> I wanted since I was a teenager. Man, oh, man. Just Yeah. But just finished putting my kids through college, and, and I was able to do that. It was, it was a nice thing. Yes. In, in the music, I, 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 life is simpler when you're in an old car. To me, I feel like I just feel top of the world when I drive. I car. think that we, are, yeah, most of us or many of us who like yes. vintage cars it, feel exactly it, the same way. Is yes. it a stock Mustang? Yeah. Um, what co- what colors? Pretty much. I have a, one. The '68 is seafoam green. Only year they offered it mm-hmm. with the deluxe interior and air conditioning. And the convertible is a '64 and a half. It's an early one. Oh in man! June. And that's also green. It's a darker green, and it has a. Um, Kind of like a parchment interior, white top, black top, black, black convertible okay. top, parchment okay. interior. Yes, fantastic. Um, let's see what else was I going to ask about the auto world in your museum. Are there a few cars that that return visitors 
uh, or uh, even a first-time visitor will make a beeline, so to speak, toward a particular car or, or particular cars that just are more popular for one reason or another over the others? Absolutely. I don't know if you had the time to check out all the details on our website, but we have we have the largest collection of Tucker automobiles and Tucker automobilia in the world. Great. We merged with the Tucker Automobile Club of America a couple of years ago. They brought their assets to us. So we have three Tuckers, including the only automatic transmission car. And you guys already know well know that Tuckers are now over a million dollars at auction. They're very in-demand vehicles. Yes. We have, uh, we have Tucker's blueprints, factory information. We have a series of engines as test engines from his factory. We have a test chassis. And we recently acquired one of the fiberglass cars from the movie that came out, what, I guess, 30 years ago now, the Francis Ford Coppola movie. So yes. Tuckers are probably a, a beeline vehicle. It's a whole room dedicated to Tuckers. Also have the bus from the movie Forrest Gump that gets a lot of attention, as well as a lot of other cars here and vehicles. That's yeah. I wonder if have you had any Forrest Gump um, people in the movie that come by, and maybe if, even if they were an extra or a small part, any anybody from the movie see that or haven't, haven't yet? I would love to. You know that opens up another story. We have one of Betty White's Cadillacs here. It was given to her by her hus- husband. Oh, fantastic! He, he named it Parakeet. It's a seventy. I think it's a seventy-seven or seventy-eight. It's one of the small. The first couple of years they downsized the Cadillac. It's a beautiful car. It has an original hardware Motorola. Uh, mobile phone still in it and when we got the car donated us she had donated it to a charity for a pet charity and someone had bought it at auction and the next guy bought it from him as a collector car and donated it to the museum and i wrote to betty white's company and asked her if she would come out and induct it into the ceremony it was a ceremony and she said wrote back her agent wrote back and said thank you for the kind offer betty's very busy and can't make it unfortunately but she wanted you to know how happy she is that her car parakeet is in good hands, and she thanks you for taking good care of it. Fantastic! Nice. What yeah. very nice. <laughs> do, do you get many stars? Do you get what? Pardon me. Do you get many stars or or just even ordinary folks that said, you know, I owned that car fifty five years ago, or oh, one yeah, just like it, and then you check yeah, check that's bins the and that's the greatest thing. Yes, when you hear people walking through the exhibits and you see at what decade what point they start to really become familiar and connect with the cars. You hear that story all the time. And it's just, it's great. It's, it's wonderful. It makes it relevant for everyone. I love hearing that. I think I saw that Betty White's 98. So that's, that's amazing. She's, she's amazing. Just amazing. Yeah. She has a, more energy than a lot of people, <laughs> three people combined. Just, yeah. Just she amazing. She'll outlive that car. Oh, parakeet. It'll outlive parakeet. That's right. <laughs> Well, well, Jeff, um, it's been great to kind of get caught up. I want to make sure people know that they can visit um, the site. Uh, it's um, www, of course, org, and you're in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and you just have a, a wealth of knowledge, uh, Jeff. So thank you for being our guest on the Weekly Driver Podcast. I want to let people know that we... Um, interview guests we post the podcast in just a few number of days and our podcast is available on my website theweeklydriver.com and it's also available on all of the major podcast outlets that you can imagine at least um, six or seven um, iTunes um, iHeart iHeart Alexa all, all the major places that you would listen to a podcast and um, it's it's a it's a very odd world that we're in and so we've, we're glad that we've been able to discuss uh, how people who are uh, car aficionados and who appreciate cars, vintage cars, can still visit museums without actually visiting auto museums. They can go online, and again, it's um, org, 
and uh, from Tucker to old gas stations to the flower power. Age of Aquarius. Thank you, Jeff, for, for explaining all this. And we want to bit, wish you the, the best of luck in the museum. And hopefully people will be at the front door without too much more time. Thank you, Jeff. Oh, you're, you're welcome. My pleasure. Thanks for having me here. And uh, hope we talk again soon. Okay. Appreciate Thank it. You. Cheers. Bye-bye. <laughs>